Welcome to the basketball party. I'm Sam Ekstrom. What a win over the Boston Celtics. We're going to dive into that and talk about the thrilling, enthralling in-season tournament coming up this week on today's Minnesota Basketball Party. This is Locked On Sports Minnesota podcast. It's endless Minnesota Timberwolves talk with the diverse voices of your local experts. It's time for the Minnesota Basketball Party on the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What is up, everybody? On a Wednesday, it's your weekly Minnesota basketball party, Wolves Talk, every Wednesday. I'm Sam Ekstrom. I'm at Sam Ekstrom on X, and I'm also the host of the Minnesota football party, the producer of the Ron Johnson Show. There is Jack Borman. He's the managing, uh, managing editor and writer at Canis Hoopus. Reggie Wilson, Care 11 sports director and anchor, and Ron Johnson, former college and NFL wide receiver, talking basketball with us as well. Um, guys, I can't wait to get into Wolves Nuggets, Wolves Celtics. What a week for the Minnesota Timberwolves. We're also going to look ahead to another big week coming up, four games between now and next Wednesday, including two uh, in-season tournament games that we'll have to discuss. But first, today's show is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more at fanduel.com slash locked on. New customers can get $150 in bonus bets with a winning $5 money line bet. Check it out at fanduel.com slash locked on. And thank you all for watching on the Locked On Sports Minnesota YouTube channel or the Locked On Wolves audio feed. We appreciate your viewership and listenership. The 24-7 YouTube stream available as well at Locked On Sports Minnesota. What a win for the Wolves on Monday, Jack Borman. Uh, an overtime, 114-109 victory against the Celtics. And, you know, I think it can be overdone if people try to say this is the best regular season win in Wolves history. You know, there's a lot of recency bias there. But this one felt pretty good. The stars just aligned perfectly with a big crowd, an unbeaten opponent, a vintage performance from your star player who I think – Probably, and, and I saw Twitter afterward, he caught a lot of national people's attention with that performance in overtime. Uh, take us through what this victory means. Yeah, I think it means that this Timberwolves defense is for real. You know, I think that was the biggest question we had coming into this game. Um, coming into this game, the Timberwolves had held four of their first five opponents under uh, under 100 points. And that was something that they did four times all of last season, if you include the uh, the playing tournament in the playoffs. And, and I think that um, we're just seeing what this, this kind of three headed monster of, of Anthony Edwards, Jaden McDaniels and Rudy Gobert is capable of on the defensive end of the floor. Um, I, I think we already kind of knew what Ant was capable of in, in some of the late game, um, you know, some of the late game heroics that we saw, especially from him in that, in that series against the Nuggets and even against the, uh, the Memphis Grizzlies in, in, in his first taste of postseason basketball in that playing game against Clippers a couple of years ago. But, um, you know, I also think it shows just how deep the Timberwolves are. Um, you know, I, I was listening to uh, to the low post yesterday, Zach Lowe, and, and made a funny comment saying the Timberwolves really have seven starters. And I thought that was that was just so true and that, you know, Kyle Anderson and Nas Reed are totally capable of of uh, stepping into just about any lineup and, and finding their groove and, and being really, really impactful players. And, um, and, and the fact that the Timberwolves can do that and then bring another two, three, um, you know, four guys off the bench that can, that can step in and, and kind of keep the momentum rolling is really important. And um, for the Timberwolves to do it on a, 
on a night where I think a lot of people around the league were watching this game, circling this game, you know, number one offense, number one defense for them to kind of save the game from, from Carl Anthony Towns, um, almost kind of throwing it down the drain a little bit, uh, was really, really important for, for Anthony Edwards and Jaden McDaniels to be kind of the two catalysts of that late in the game. That was really important. Yeah, Ron, target center is where undefeated opponents go to die, the Nuggets and then the Celtics. Uh, tell us about your thoughts. Uh, well, first, I'm a little bit disappointed in Cat. Uh, you know, the the 7-7 seven and seven to me, that, that just doesn't uh, scream big-time moment. But 30 points in regulation for Anthony Edwards, like you said, Sam, on my show, eight points in overtime. Uh, Anthony Edwards is showing the world he's a star, and, and he truly is a star in that, in that moment. Uh, he he truly is um, a generational talent. Now, we've seen Jason Tatum. We've seen Kevin Durant. We've seen Devin Booker. We've seen a lot of guys kind of create their own and become who they are. I think Anthony Edwards is the next one. Now, the key, though, for Anthony Edwards, because we've seen flash in the pan type of players that have really good seasons, and then we're like, and then they get a big contract, and we're like, whatever happened to that guy? Whatever happened to this guy? Whatever happened to Zach Levine? Whatever, you know. I think Anthony Edwards, in order to continue to be put in the Devin Booker conversation and, and guys like that, the young, the next group of young stars is Steph Curry, KD, LeBron, as those guys move on. Uh, Anthony Edwards has to put the team on his back and do this night in and night out. His his benefit is having Carl Anthony Towns this season, having Rudy Gobert, having uh, a, a guy in Mike Conley who is a, a consummate pro. Um, and I think that's what we're seeing from Anthony Edwards. But the fact that they, like I said, the, the, they beat the Nuggets, they beat the Celtics. Just don't be the team that only plays up to your opponent. Beat everybody that you're supposed to beat. Now, the fact that you beat those two teams tells me you can beat anybody in the NBA. You can beat anybody in the NBA on any, any given night. But can Nas, Jaden McDaniels, uh, you know, can they continue to be big-time role players? Can they come off and help out when Cat can't get it done? I think that was my takeaway. But I, but I think this is Anthony Edwards' team. Mm -hmm. uh, he showed it. And now um, I'm not going to use the word jealous, but I know in sports that happens where reporters keep like poking the bear. You know, they're going to ask Cat that question. And I just hope he understands that in the pro system, if you are not the guy on the team, but you're still one of the best in the NBA and you're going to get your, your team 20, 25, sometimes 30 points if you're hot. Uh, and then other nights you're going to give them 12, 15. And then Anthony Edwards will give them 40. I hope he's okay with that because that's what great teams become. You look at Clay Thompson to Steph Curry. He's never once tried to say, this is my team. Everybody else tried to say that, like, oh, Clay should go to the Lakers and it'll be his team. Or he should go uh, uh, to the Suns and, and be with Devin Booker and see what they could do together. He should he should go over to the to the Spurs and that could be his team. Everybody kept trying to get Clay his own team. And Clay's like, man, I'm good. I'm good being number two to Steph Curry. And I hope that's where Cat, you know, Cat kind of settles in saying, look, I'll be second to Anthony Edwards if we're winning games. Yeah, here's my quick take on Cat, and then we'll kick it over to Reggie. If Cat wakes up, I mean, look out for this team because right now they're winning with Cat shooting like career low numbers. Mm -hmm. He's a 52% shooter, and he's shooting 38% this season. So 52% career, 38% this season. Something tells me that's going to progress back to his average he's going to shoot better than 23 percent from three so once he wakes up from this hibernation uh look out for the timberwolves because then offensively they are going to be a force to be reckoned with reggie wilson your thoughts 
Yeah, I, I don't really know what's going on with Cat just because like the the last year he had the illness and you're like, okay, we understand if he comes out a little slow. This year he's had a full training camp, preseason action. The shots are just not falling. And when he gets frustrated out there, it just turns really bad. And and like you said, uh, Jack, they were able to overcome Cat's struggles and him <laughs> trying to throw the game down the drain. Um, but Anthony Edwards was obviously the star in that game. That was such a fun game to watch. Like you had all the star power there. And the Celtics are not a slouch team. Like you're, you're talking about a team that could be right there, you know, in the the west uh, the eastern conference finals when it's all said and done you know it's going to be a gauntlet over there in the east but like the celtics are a really good basketball team they found some chemistry adding guys like porzingis and you know it it was interesting because when it looked like the celtics were able to like take some control of the game the wolves were like uh-uh no that's okay no we're, we're hooping too and it was just a really, really fun game to watch. And I think before the season, when I said it yesterday on CARE, I predicted they'd be a four seed. And they came out, lost two of the first three. And you're like, oh, shoot, what did I say? Why did I do that? And then this is the team that made me say what I said in the first place. They have the talent to play with anybody. And they have the talent to beat anybody. And I think as we continue to see the maturation of Anthony Edwards, you hope that Cat can bring it around and, and really just be a complimentary star to Ant's star. Um, that's that's kind of what you're hoping for and what you, you look to see moving forward. But, man, they've got something cooking, and I'm just trying to see how far they can go and how consistent they can be with it. Great win. Yeah, they've proven they can beat the best at home. They've yet to take it on the road and beat anybody. 4-0 at home. 0-2 on the road. They've got New Orleans home tonight. And I like what Ron said about just being consistent, bringing that intensity every night, because the Wolves of old, old being last year and the year before, they come out flat against New Orleans tonight. And if you come out flat against New Orleans, you're going to get blown away because New Orleans can actually score. They've got three 20-point scorers. They're not a slouch. Remember, they were the, the one seed for a minute last year before everybody got hurt. So... This is a game tonight where you're not going to have a full building. Uh, you're going to have to find your own intensity. And I would I would never in a million years like compare Anthony Edwards to Andrew Wiggins, but I think sometimes Edwards, like Wiggins, shines brightest in those big games against the big opponents and needs that fuel. I want to see that intensity tonight. I want to see it in those boring games on the road in front of 12,000 people. Like that's what I need to see next from Edwards and all of the wolves is to string wins together. And it's nice. They have a good home stretch here to try to build up a, a nice record going into a big week with new Orleans tonight. But guys, the defense is ranked first in the NBA right now. This is such a revelation. This is such a big change, Ron. The defense is legit. Uh, they've held down the nuggets. One of the best offensive teams they've held down the Celtics, one of the best offensive teams. Who or what is going into this defensive resurgence for the Wolves, Ron? Uh, I'm going to say it's everybody. Uh, but but the big ones, of course, you know, are, are going to be Nas Reed. Uh, is going to be Jaden McDaniels. You look at Jaden McDaniels, and I think this is the reason. I When I first saw that contract, I was like, oh, okay. 
like who what are we doing here but now you kind of see why like he's a glue guy he's a guy that's going to be out there on the floor uh that can help talk also and i'm never going to give credit to uh carol anthony towns this offseason and podcast but i will say this defensively they're learning each other they're learning who they can funnel to when they can do this uh they're learning each other of like okay i know this guy likes to force guys this way so if i step up uh here we are blah 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 so the conversation in basketball is always help defense but then after the help rotate so meaning anthony edwards is at the top he's gonna force his guy left his guy drives left if if Rudy Gobert is the step-up guy and Carl Anthony Towns is backside, he's got to be the guy to fill in and replace. And so I think the rotation within the defense and then understanding in that rotation, if I'm Mike Conley, if it goes down, around, and then back up to the top, Mike Conley has to keep. So everybody has to keep rotating for that additional pass. I think it was last year. I forgot what game. I think it was the Pistons game last year. The Pistons killed the Wolves on rotation defense four times in a row on the same exact play. It was the same. It was it was literally like you you have to understand if he's going to drive and he kicks it left, he's going to kick it back up and all the way back around the horn. So everybody keep rotating, never stop. It was almost like they were hoping like, oh, if he passes the guy at the top, I hope it stops there and that guy takes the shot. No, they're going to keep passing until you can't rotate but you should always be able to rotate because there's five on five. Just keep moving. Like this is in today's NBA, every player. And well, we've seen Rudy Gobert try to guard um, uh, Steph Curry. That doesn't work. But for the most part, every player should be able to put a hand up in every other shooter's face. And I think that's the key for this Timberwolves team is they're rotating. They're playing team defense and they're understanding who to funnel to. Yeah. Reggie, it's weird because it's the same guys. It's the same coach but the results defensively have been so much better. Yeah, I think it's buy-in, man. It's like how how much do you buy into what the team philosophy, the team approach, the team goal is, and everybody has to lock in. You talk about Ant. Ant is a, a stellar defensive player. You talk about Rudy. Rudy is playing out of his mind this year on the defensive end, and it's funny. He went to his darkness retreat, and – um Got eye surgery as well. He he told Shams. Shams was breaking it all down with him. Um, but all those things seem to be seem to be working out well for him to be that defensive anchor that they brought him to Minnesota to be. And then Jaden McDaniels, man, nothing but active. After the game, Anthony Edwards had nothing but praise for Jaden McDaniels. And he's been high on Jaden for a long time. You know, he's like, look. We got this person. We got that person. If you do this, then we got Jaden McDaniels. And I know, like that that particular clip went viral uh, around the All Star break last year because he was saying that, that Jaden could could cover and, and potentially lock up Kevin Durant. And look, people thought it was nonsensical, but Jaden McDaniels is a, a stellar defender, and he can kind of erase some of the the best players on the other team and so I think you have team buy-in and you just have some guys that are just special on the defensive end you know I was looking at some of the stats and we we saw the the Celtics led the 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 game in steals but the Wolves have five blocks they they forced um 18 turnovers and they they had 20 points or they had 26 points off those turnovers so I think 
going forward, like that's something that they can continue to improve on. You talk about them being the the top team on defense in the league. Like that's a that's a, a pride thing. Like that's something you can hang your head, hang your hat on and just say, hey, this is gonna be the identity. Like if the shots aren't falling, we're gonna lock up on the other end and hope that leads to some easy buckets for us to kind of get us into a rhythm. And like like I said, the the largest lead for the the Celtics was eight points. And thanks to their effort on the defensive end and just their overall hustle, like they were able to continue to keep up and then go ahead and take take uh, their lead. And then you saw what happened in overtime. So like this team has the makings of of like some really good pieces. Um, we see if they can put the whole recipe together and make a nice dish night in and night out. Yeah, nice to get 20 One thing to Reggie's point, though, about the Kevin Durant thing, shooters like Kevin Durant have grown up in this league being big brother, little brother, we're going to play nice. There's not a lot of Draymond Greens left, but if Jaden McDaniels, I'm not saying be Draymond, don't kick people in the balls, but the running at defenders when they're wide open, scaring them, making them think you might hit them or you might, you might land under them so they land on your feet. That's like one of the biggest pet peeves of shooters is defenders who are out of control like Draymond Green that you don't know. They're a wild card. If you can continue to scare shooters like that, even if you don't touch them, it's the running at them, it's the screaming, it's the maybe running under their feet but not still being there when they land so it's not a foul, that's everything that's going through a shooter's head because these guys want to make it 82 games into the playoff. They don't want to have a twisted ankle or, or, or a twisted knee. And so I'm not saying be dirty. I'm just saying make them feel like you are that guy night in and night out that's going to kind of have a Draymond Green effect. Draymond Green, for a while, was dirty. Uh, Dylan Brooks is dirty. Um, but we don't need that. But we do need people to be scared of our defenders to be like, look, I can't just do this. I'm not just going to get a wide open shot. I can't just think this layup is going to be uncontested. And I think when you start to put that thought process in people – um, you think about LeBron driving on that. There's no reason LeBron shouldn't have tried to lay that up and get the foul or pull up and pop and hit the jumper. He kicks it out to Cam Reddish. Cam Reddish misses. Why? Because he felt the rotation. He felt like, you know what, I'm I'm going to get killed and I haven't gotten a call all night. Let me kick it out. And all that went through LeBron's head at the end of that game. That's the kind of the way I think the Wolves, as they go, uh, can kind of push. And so Reggie, that brought up a great point. Like shutting down guys like KD is not easy, but you got to scare them a little bit. And maybe the Wolves are doing that now. Jack, give us a word on this defense. Yeah, I mean, it's funny what Reggie said with with the whole Jaden McDaniels clip. Like, right after that clip came out, they played the Suns, and that was when Nas Reed got hurt. But Jaden clamped KD, and that was a that was a pretty special game. But um, the three things for for me on this defense is, is number one, discipline, number two, rebounding, and number three, transition. Um, you know, this team has been tremendous in, in you know, not allowing their opponents to – to go to the free throw line. Um, I, I believe in the half court, they're, they're top five in, in opponent free throw rate. So being able to defend without fouling, keep their best players on the floor, uh, which is something that we didn't actually see really much against against Boston with Cat and Ant both being in foul trouble. But outside of that, they've been they've been tremendous. And, and I think, um, Sam, you, you posed off the top, you know, how is this team different year two with everybody here? And I think a lot of it has to do with this team is really understanding how to play with Rudy Gobert. You know, Rudy Gobert, is such, you know, he's kind of like a quarterback that kind of commands the huddle. And if you've had a different quarterback on the, on the, you know, that you've played with, it's going to take you a little bit to kind of get used to how he likes to break things down in the huddle, the ways making his play calls, what are his audibles, all these types of things. And, uh, and I think guys are really understanding that now. And, you know, when do you, 
you know, what Ron was saying with rotation, you know, when do you want to funnel guys into Rudy Gobert? When do you need to stay solid and try to, you know, prevent your man from getting into the paint? All of those sort of things, I think, have been um, really key. Uh, they're, they're seventh and half court defensive rebound rate, um, but they are number one in fewest amount of putback points allowed, which has been really key is that even when teams are getting offensive rebounds, they're not really putting it right back up and getting cheap and easy points. And then in transition, this team is is first by quite a wide margin uh, in in defensive rating and transition. And so with transition, there's two things you want to keep an eye on. It's you know, what's your defensive rating? How many points are you actually allowing in transition? Then the second part of that is how often are you allowing your opponents to get into transition? And that's the kind of the area that the Wolves need to clean up is that they're still 20th and, you know, per percentage of uh, transition possessions that they allow, but they were 29th and 30th earlier in this season. So it's definitely trending in the right direction. Um, Chris Finch really credited Corliss Williamson, who's a new coach on the Timberwolves staff this season for um, being the guy that's, uh, you know, kind of uh, led the charge with with reshaping their transition defense and how guys are getting back and kind of, you know, what they're doing in transition defense. And so that's obviously been uh, been a huge key for this team that, um, you know, it was a huge problem for them last year. And now they're, they're getting back, they're buying in uh, and, and they're and they're getting stops in transition, which is obviously uh, huge, huge for this team, considering how big they play. Coming up, we're going to talk about whether the in-season tournament is worth investing in or not, as well as Wemby. The Wolves face Wemby this week. We're going to talk about Wembenyama after a word from Prize Picks. Daily fantasy sports, as you know it, might not be that fun. You're competing against pros and sharks who have a thousand entries. Why not just compete against the numbers with Prize Picks? You can pick uh, more than two or less than six player stat projections and watch the winnings roll in. So minimum of two stats. Maybe it's uh, three-pointers made in an NBA game or receptions in a football game. You can go cross-sport. Uh, you could win money that way. Or you could load up five different picks uh, from NBA. You could do three-pointers. You could do points. You could do rebounds. You could do yardage in a football game. And you've got uh, a chance to win big money. Prize Picks even offers a reboot policy, so your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. For football and basketball games, if you have a player who exits the game in the first half and does not return in the second, that player is rebooted. Prize Picks is the only daily fantasy sports platform with an injury insurance policy. So you pick your players, you pick your stat types. It's very easy. It takes like two minutes to put together your entry, and you've got a chance to win. Go to prizepicks.com slash NBA, all one word, and use code LOCKEDONNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. Once again, that's prizepicks.com slash NBA. Use code NBA for a first deposit match up to $100 with prize picks. New segment on the Minnesota Basketball Party. It's called Beat the Shot Clock. I'm giving you each 24 seconds to make a case for whether we should care about the new NBA in-season tournament that starts this week, Friday, in fact, for the Minnesota Timberwolves against the San Antonio Spurs. Um, I'll lay it out just for those that aren't familiar before we get into our shot clock. Um, here's the deal. You get four games of pool play against sort of a preordained group of five. If you come out of pool play, you go to the quarterfinals. 
then semifinals and finals. If you win the tournament, which is held in Vegas in early December, you get $500,000 a piece for your team. Losers, I think, get a quarter million a piece. Uh, semifinalists, 100,000. Quarterfinalists, 50,000. So it's financial incentive. Uh, let's start with Reggie Wilson. You are on the shot clock, and I'll buzz you when you're done. Should we care about the in season tournament? Absolutely. I think the NBA is like constantly trying to find ways to make things a little bit more fun. You know, you saw what they did with the All Star game, obviously switching it back to how it was before now, but there was excitement with those games, uh, with the new stipulations that they added. So, you know, I think it's something we've seen in, in other sports where they do like the, the in-season tournament, and it's fun. It just gives a little bit more of an incentive to, to see guys play hard, to see guys, you know, really be competitive out there, and I'm all for it. I, I, I'm actually excited to see what happens. All right, Jack, you're on the shot clock. Yeah, I think the main goal for the NBA here is can they make games 1% more uh, entertaining than they were before? And that's that's the bar that you need to clear. And I certainly think they cleared it last Friday in the first day of games. You know, they're trying to build all this momentum uh, in November and in the early part of December when football still, you know, reigns supreme. They're trying to build that momentum up through Christmas when, um, you know, more people start thinking about the NBA. And, 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 you know, you saw Draymond Green come out and already say after their first game against the Thunder, which was an awesome game, that there was more energy. And uh, I think there was all but one game was a blowout or all but one game was really close. And that's that's what you need. And that's what the NBA got. Almost buzzed you there, Jack. Uh, Ron. <laughs> okay. It's basketball. Yes. Anything that can make it a little bit more competitive, a little bit more fun, a little bit more like we have to go out here and do this. You think about that December 9th, not only are the, the, the Vikings traveling to play the Las Vegas Raiders, but they're also going to have the uh, championship game is that weekend as well. So, yes, I think we should care about this. Why not care about it? I mean, it's it's just another reason to say we won something. And so maybe they'll take the in-season uh, in tournament if they can't take the world world champions i know that was a big thing is basketball players aren't world champions because they didn't beat the whole world <laughs> um here's the deal it is going to have local appeal if your team is doing well i don't think it's going to have national appeal people aren't going to tune in and say oh i got my popcorn ready i'm going to go watch the pelicans take on the sacramento kings in the the championship of the the in-season tournament no your own team has to be in it for it to be interesting I think that this is going to take a while to create real like emotion around it like they have in European soccer. This is the long play. But hey, watch Summer League. The guys that are in the championship, they care about Summer League championships, and that's kind of contrived. And this is sort of made up too. But over time, if you're in a championship game with half a million dollars on the line, you'll probably find a way to care. And if the players care, then the fans will care. And I think there will be a trickle-down effect. But broader conversation about this um does any part of the sort of break in december bug you at all like the format would you tweak it at all jack um with this sort of first rodeo of this new tournament um i think it's hard to i think it's hard to say whether or not i, I would tweak it or not i think the the biggest thing is just the incentive uh, i think it remains to be seen whether or not these players are playing any harder than they normally would you know, Tyrese Halliburton came out and said that, you know, the winning team should get an automatic you know, birth to the playoffs, which I think is, is really interesting. But then you have to worry about, 
you know, okay, well, how, how do we, you know, compare this to NBA history? And you want to be able to keep history intact and be able to judge every, you know, season on a level playing field with the same, you know, kind of criteria for making the postseason and ultimately winning the championship. And I think if you saw a team that, that you know, won the postseason or the in-season tournament, made the playoffs and won the whole thing, but they kind of took off, you know, February to the end of, you know, March, like you're just kind of like, well, uh, I don't know how I feel about this if you're kind of not showing up every game for your fans. So um, I, I honestly think the semifinals and finals in Vegas are going to be awesome because guys are going to be there and they're like, well, we're here. We might as well play, you know, as hard as we can on this stage. And they're all of those games are going to be national TV games. I think it's going to be really fun to watch once you get into Vegas and you get into the kind of the single elimination mode. But um, again, I think it'll be really interesting to see too how how do the teams that make it to Vegas play in the week or two weeks after they were in Vegas? Because you know mm-hmm. they could end up playing an additional two games than everyone else this regular season. And you know if someone gets hurt in those games and you have the extra games, then I think you know then then I think you'll you'll start to see some criticism of, of the whole thing, um, which is kind of unfortunate because you know that's not really something you can control, but. I really like the format as is, and I think uh, it'll be a lot easier to say what I'd change and what I wouldn't change after we've kind of seen the whole thing play through the first. Jack, please tell me you're not a load management guy. Please tell me that you. I'm I'm not a load management guy at all. I'm just saying that you know, it's two games of basketball. Like basketball is not football. If it was football, car crash. If you're playing harder, if you're playing harder in those two games than you normally would. And someone gets hurt, and like I'm just saying, like why would they? And 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 I love your I love your comment there, Jack, because that's that's the one thing I've always hated about certain parts of basketball: play harder than you normally would. Yeah, like that's criticism. No, I know, and that's 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 why they get so criticized because guys like Anthony Edwards are not saying last of a dying breed. I think Anthony Edwards is going to change the NBA. But for a guy to say like I low management for what like I'm I'm playing every night like I, I I could play baseball basketball like cleanup hitter we we've seen what Anthony Edwards says about himself but I just feel like what you're saying Jack is 100 spot on like it will become an issue if something like that happens and that's why I think that's dumb like these guys playing 84 games if that's what they end up playing uh, and then you look at um, the money they're getting like come on man you get like Jay McDaniel you get 136 million dollars you're telling me. You, what, what is he getting? Twenty two this year. You can't go play eighty four games for twenty two million. Like, come on, man! I play eighty four games for a million. Like, like they need to calm down. <laughs> How do we feel about the crazy court designs, though? I hate them. I hate them. <laughs> I personally hate them. That's on me. The Bulls yeah. looked like you were playing in hell. Um, <laughs> I mean, it was it was crazy. So, and the, the Indiana court was it was hard to watch the game. Um. Yeah, distracting. Is that only for the in-season tournament? Is that what they're doing? Yep. Only like for the special... two in-season tournament home games that you'll have. Yep. Oh my goodness, that is ridiculous. I, I'm still it feels waiting. Like you're watching the... a video game. Like at yeah. one point, I thought it was fake when I saw it on Twitter. I was like, "Is this a sim?" And I was like, "Nope, that's some clown painted." I, and I think it was the Bulls I saw. Like it looks terrible. It's just bright red and like, come on, man. Yeah, it might be a little tough for Wolves fans if they go to San Antonio and then Golden State lose. You're 0-2 in pool play. You're pretty much out of it. Um, mm-hmm. It might be tough to kind of get invested when they had those home games here. But uh, Reggie, what does the Timbers floor look like? Have we seen it? I don't think we have. We have. Have yep. we? We have. Yeah, it's like a light blue. Uh, it, it's it's not as obnoxious as a lot of these other. So we won the floor game. competition. Then we won the floor. Okay. 
I'd say we made the quarterfinals. <laughs> we made it to Vegas. <laughs> so if you're not in the, the quarterfinal round, you get a full – it's a bye week, correct? Is that accurate? I don't know. I want to say that out. there's some placement games that get played as a way of getting you to that 82-game mark um, mm-hmm. and kind of make up so there's not an 80-games versus 84-games situation. Uh, but I, I still have to still have to fully, fully look into that. Yeah. Yeah, same, same. We'll figure it out. Wolves play their first in-season tournament game probably on some, I don't know what the Spurs are going to do, like kind of a gray-black hybrid court. They'll probably have a churro um, on there for Charles Barkley. Just put a big churro across the court. <laughs> maybe it'll just be a French flag for Wemby. Wembenyama against the Wolves. I'm I'm dialed in, you guys. I'm DVRing the game. I'm going to watch it all back after I work Friday night. Um, you know what? Let's just hold off on this. Let's get a word from FanDuel. Then we'll talk about Wemby. Um, this game might be fun to bet on, folks. If you want to get in the action at FanDuel, fanduel.com slash locked on. Uh, this could be your ticket to $150 of bonus bets. All you have to do is you place a $5 money line wager on any game. And if your team wins, you get $150 of bonus bets. I'm trying to see if they have the line for Wolves Spurs. I don't think they do yet. That's okay. You could bet on Wolves uh, Hornets tonight. Check that Pelicans. I'm still stuck in the old days. Uh, Wolves are minus 190. So if you bet the Wolves, five bucks money line, get $150 in bonus bets. And then with those 150, then you can parlay that into winnings on the Wolves Spurs game on th- on Friday. So I've got it all sorted out for you. Um, FanDuel is an official partner of the NFL. You can also bet the NBA. You can bet hockey. You can bet now starting college basketball. Get in the action, fanduel.com slash locked on or the FanDuel Sportsbook app. FanDuel, make every moment more. All right, Reggie, Wembenyama, are you excited for him to dwarf his fellow Frenchman, Rudy Gobert? Oh, I can't wait. Uh, just to add a little bit to that conversation about the the in-season tournament. Um, yeah. It would be hilarious if the Wolves win the in-season tournament because the jokes that would transpire from that. You remember what happened when they won that play-in and everybody was talking about they acted like they won the finals, Mm -hmm. how, you know, Pat Bev was crying and all that. Like, the jokes that would come from that, That's I think it's interesting that Tyrese said that they should get an automatic berth into the the postseason because then, like, when you kind of get down towards the end and you look at different seatings and things like that, that's when things I think get a little bit murky. And, you know, I think Adam Silver skims might get wound too tight. So I'm not sure if, if he's going to, if he's going to like that one too much, but I'm excited about, about Wimby. Like you kind of saw what he did against, um uh, against Kevin Durant and back-to-back games. And that was super impressive, but like, yo, that dude is a extraterrestrial. Like he's unlike anything we've ever seen. And I'm excited to see, like, I want to see a matchup against Rudy. I want to see a matchup against cat. I want to see Ant try to go at him and, and give him some buckets. Like just, just I'm, I'm here for it, man. It, it's like, it's like basketball. Like he's, he's like a monster or something like that. It's, it's kind of mm-hmm. crazy watching him play, but I'm excited for the matchup and, and pop, 
he stuck around long enough. He was like, yep, I got my unicorn. Let's see what I can do now. I got, I had Duncan. I had uh, DA now, you know, I had Kawhi. Now I get Wimby like this. This is pretty exciting. I'm sure like when he gets out on practice every day and just looks at Wimby, he's like, what the heck is going on? <laughs> yeah, his closeouts are crazy. That when he like jumps from the lane out to the three point line and blocks a shot. I mean, you can't do a step back on this guy if he's guarding you on the perimeter. It's going to be wild. I'm excited to watch the matchups. Uh, Jack, what are you most excited for with Wemby? Yeah, I think I'm just most excited to uh, to kind of see Rudy Gobert unload the book on Wemby. You know, Rudy is is really you know known Wemby better than than any NBA player has, just considering that. You know, they're both French. Uh, Wemby's worked out with Rudy in the offseason. You know, they both have spent time playing in the French national team system. Um, they have the same agent. Um, and, and so, you know, all that stuff matters. And I think that, um, you know, Cat's a really interesting matchup on Wemby just because, you know, what we've seen so far from Wemby is the Spurs are really prioritizing using him as a perimeter player first so as to limit the wear and tear on his body and he's not banging down low, um, you know, quite as much just so, you know, we don't see any, you know, nicks and bruises and things that could keep him out of games. Because I think that's the main thing is they want to, you know, kind of build his durability and make sure that he's actually available for all of these games, um, just because he's never played this many games in a season before. Um, and and so that'll be really interesting to follow. Like, you know, is he a guy that, uh, you know, that Cat's going to be able to guard? And, will, you know, how will that play out on both ends of the floor? Like, is Carl going to be able to drive on Wemby? Like, how is he going to play defensively against this mega you know, super tall wolves uh, lineup that we've seen. Um, I'm also just really interested interested to see how small he makes uh, Rudy look. Mm-hmm. You know, we saw him standing next to Kevin Durant, and you know, made Kevin Durant kind of look like you know how Rudy standing next to Ant looks, which is um, which is pretty hysterical. So I I think just kind of the style of play and how they'll match up with um, with Carl and Rudy, I think will be really interesting. And, and, and I'm also really excited to see if someone like Nas Reed or Jaden or Ant tries to dunk over him. Cause we haven't seen, we haven't seen Wemby get postered yet. Um, but the Timberwolves have three guys that among, you know, all players in the NBA are probably in the 95th, 98th, 99th percentile. And, and, you know, how often they attempt these crazy poster dunks. So that's, that'll be fun to watch. Ron. Yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing, uh, what Wimby just does. Here, here's why. When you watch some of the games, this dude passed the ball off to his left to the three-point line. He then breaks to the basket. He was at the free throw line and gave the, like, just throw me a lob. Like, I've never seen a human being from the free throw line knowing I still have to take, like, one more step or two more steps to be close enough to catch an alley-oop. He just said, throw it up. And, of course, they throw it up. He takes one step from the free throw and he's already at the basket and dunks it like it was easy it was almost like he's playing like an adult playing their little kid on like a nerf rim or something like it's amazing to see his length as athleticism his ability for the step back three if rudy gobert does and the question is gonna be how do they guard him because i don't see rudy gobert wanting to be up top like wimby spends a ton of time starting the offense from up top and then he rotates down and i think uh jack you said that Jaden McDaniels might have to be the guy. Cat might have to spend a little time with him. Uh, Nas Reed might have to spend a little bit more time because I don't know if if Rudy truly wants to be up there because Wimby can handle the ball like a guard. Uh, he can shoot like Kevin Durant, and then he still can drive to the basket and dunk. So I'm 
I am going to be watching both sides, but I want to see this guy because there was so much uh, hype put on Chet Holmgren, and then he didn't make it that first year, and then everybody was trying to put Wimby and Chet Holmgren. Then everybody's trying to say, we've seen this with Bo Bo, but Bo Bo is, is him, but he doesn't work hard enough. No, no, no. Wimby is legit shooter, guard, big man. And so I just want to see that. But also, I want to see how the Wolves handle him. If the Wolves kind of like find a way to stymie him, then this like puts another notch on their defensive like uh, resume of like here's what we're doing defensively, and I think that builds confidence for them as well as a group of bigs. When you look at Jaden, Nas, Cat, and uh, Rudy, those four as a group are going to have to try to stop him, and I think that's the key to this game. It doesn't seem like the Spurs have figured out defensively how to find cohesion around Wemby. Like his impact is not being felt. They're one of the worst defensive teams in the league. And they've had a couple, I mean, they lost by 40 twice already this year, giving up 152 and 123 in the process. So they're not a finished product at all. There's not a lot around Wemby. I think it's a winnable game. But if Wemby goes off, then the Wolves are going to be watched by 10 million people around the world because everybody's watching the Wemby highlights right now. He mm-hmm. is he is such a hot ticket in the NBA. I'm super excited. It's a huge week for the Wolves. I mean, you got a, a plucky Pelicans team tonight. You got Wemby on Friday and then back-to-back at Golden State. One of those is an in-season tournament game. So by next Wednesday, we'll have a lot to discuss. Quick prediction in closing, Jack, what's the Wolves' record this week in four games? Yeah, I, th- I think they go three and one. I think we've seen, you know, the the Timberwolves have, have come in with a professional approach after, you know, we've said after each of these last few games, you know, well, can they do it again? And, and they've proven that they can do it again. Um, and I think the biggest thing to watch out for is, is Boston's really heavy isolation team. Um, so it's a little easier for the Timberwolves to guard more isolation players because they have a lot of good isolation defenders. Whereas, you know, you look at teams like Golden State and uh in in uh in san antonio they're they're 28th and 30th respectively and how often they they play in isolation so they move the ball a lot so it'd be another good test for for this defense ron you talking about for these three games or next uh, week for the four games between now and next wednesday pelicans uh spurs up to the warriors, warriors twice, twice. Yep. yep yeah so uh, i'm gonna say two and two um or maybe three and one because beating the same team twice back-to-back nights is tough to do um but i think they can beat the pelicans and spurs i don't think i mean again maybe i'm bullish on them because of what they did to the uh to the celtics and to the nuggets uh but i think the warriors if they can split with the warriors one and one i think that's a good weekend um but or yeah i guess weekend week you want to call it sunday to tuesday plus you got friday um but yeah i think they can beat the pelicans spurs i'm I'm gonna go three and one i'll be bullish on them all right reg I go two and two. I think uh, maybe tonight is a night that they could have a letdown, um, but I think they could beat San Antonio, and I think they get at least one from the the Warriors. So I go two and two. I'm also going to go two and two, three and one with three road games, especially a couple in season tournament games, and you know these guys are going to be trying so hard in those games. Of course, that might be hard to win on the road. Uh, but that's the Minnesota basketball party for this week. It's Wolves Talk every Wednesday. But if you're a fan of Locked On Sports Minnesota, you can get the football party tomorrow, the roundtable on Fridays, the Ron Johnson Show on Tuesdays. We have programming every day here at Locked On Sports Minnesota. Find our audio on the Locked On Wolves audio feed wherever you get your podcast. Thanks to our everydayers for tuning in. Thanks to Jack, Ron, and Reggie Wilson. I'm Sam Ekstrom saying so long. Enjoy the game tonight. It's the Minnesota Basketball Party.